Hey guys, this is your host, Franziska, and welcome back to the Hikers Anonymous podcast. On this podcast, I help share people's inspirational stories about how hiking, backpacking, and the outdoors changed their lives. If you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Today, I am talking with Adam Sawyer, who is a renowned hiking and travel guidebook author in Oregon and Washington. He has written books like Hiking Waterfalls in Oregon, Hiking Waterfalls in Washington, and his most recent book, Urban Hikes in Oregon. A year ago, Adam experienced some profound loss, and he is here with me today to share his story and talk about dealing with grief through the help of the outdoors. Okay, I'm here today with Adam. Thank you so much for joining me here in Eugene. It is a pleasure to be here, an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. So I want to start off with your backstory. Yeah. What is your history with the outdoors? Did you grow up enjoying the outdoors with your family? So, you know, shockingly, no. (laughs) (laughs) And this is one of those things, and, you know, I'm sure you get similar stuff when you're talking with people and they're like, oh, you're you're a, a guidebook author or a hiking specialist or an yes. expert or something. And then sometimes they'll see me and see like I'm not in the greatest shape or something. They're like, you, huh? I'm like, yes, me. But like, <laughs> so I, I spent a lot of time outside, but I had almost no exposure to the outdoors. And okay. so that might sound weird, but I grew up in Southern California. And so the weather was nice all the time. So we were always playing outside in our front yards or in the streets or I spent all summer in someone's pool, (laughs) but I never went like into the outdoors. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I went on what anyone would consider a hike until I moved to the Pacific Northwest. Oh wow! And that was a long circuitous route. Like, uh, Portland, Oregon was city number 20 for me after leaving the house at 18. Oh, so, wow. so it was a, it was a, like I said, a, a long journey to get here. <laughs> but once I discovered the outdoors here, uh, that changed everything for mm-hmm. me. So in your email to me, uh, you mentioned that you struggled with an addiction to heroin. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this part of your life and kind of how help, uh, hiking helped you? Uh, this addiction absolutely and so you know you and i we have some crossover we share more than just an appreciation and love for the outdoors and you know i'm not just a guest i'm a fan and so (laughs) i've been listening to your podcast and you know in episode one you go into your uh history and i want to first off thank you for that because that sort of transparency and and honesty is um appreciated Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people uh, you know, we're going to touch on grief uh, today as well as like addiction. And those are things that that touch people's lives a lot more than people want to admit yeah. or realize. And yeah. so thanks for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll give you a high level overview because I first was introduced to opiates uh, in the military. I went into the Air Force straight out of high school and I worked in a hospital and they used to give out Percocet for everything back then. Uh, and they, they called it GI aspirin, actually. And so uh, long story short, I eventually got pretty addicted to opiates in the military. It actually ended my military career. Uh, but I did get clean. But then fast forward 10 years, I was clean for a decade. Uh, and I was now living in Portland. I had quit the career I had, which was information technology, mm-hmm. because I, I became addicted to the outdoors. Yeah. Uh, it really was just 
a, a mind opener. And so I was spending as much time in the outdoors as humanly possible, ramping up this writing career. Mm -hmm. I think I'd had my first two books had, had come out, Hiking Waterfalls in Oregon, and then I had co-authored the Washington version. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I was like loving life. Yeah. And really trying to <laughs> cobble together a career. You know, I was working part-time at this pizzeria uh, around the corner from where I lived while I was trying to get everything off the ground. And and we were just having a few beers after work one night and, and uh, someone offered me black tar heroin. And <laughs> initially I was uh, angry. I was yeah. like, how dare you? Like, you know my history with this stuff. Like, why would you offer me this? And so I was appalled. <laughs> but then 30 minutes later, I was chasing her down. I was like, hey, uh, tell me about that. And so my own hubris and ego got in my way. And it took a while. It took about two years of me dabbling in smoking black tar heroin before I really spiraled out into mm -hmm. full-on addiction. Mm -hmm. And I lost my girlfriend, I lost my best friend, I was actively flushing this new career I'd worked so hard on down the toilet. Uh, I managed to get into a 10 day detox program. And when I got out, I, you know, knew that going back to my original addiction of the outdoors mm -hmm. was going to be kind of the way through this entirely. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd gotten the detox part, but I hit the trails hard. And something you had mentioned in your episode, which really stuck with me, I really related to it, was opiates do a number on your endorphin receptors. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> once that's gone, you know, endorphin receptors can be repaired and they heal, but it takes, it takes time. so much time. And that is one of the hardest things about staying sober mm -hmm. uh, from an opiate addiction is among everything else you're, you're dealing with, you don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you don't even feel okay until you, enough of those receptors are back online, let alone good. Because I used to get high from finding a new waterfall or getting to right. this view all the time. I would get this rush. And now I was hiking and I wasn't getting it initially mm -hmm. because I was fresh out of detox. I was tired. I, I wasn't getting that, that same hiker's high. Yeah. But I knew that if I kept at it eventually you know i would get better things things would get better i had to have patience had to have patience and one hike in particular and i actually wound up writing an essay about this later on but the dollar lake fire on mount hood uh, mm -hmm. i think that was in 2011 it burnt 6300 acres of forest and there is a part of that hike called vista ridge mm -hmm. and formerly Hikers like myself included uh, would take this beautiful uh, canopied hike to this meadow with, you know, wildflower meadow with, with Mount Hood kind of in the background, this epic hike. But then the fire happened and people just stopped going for a while. Mm -hmm. But a few years went by and, you know, I always follow like the hiker forums, the different yeah. like wildflower forums and all these things online. And, and these avalanche lilies started appearing mm -hmm. in the you know, this decimated landscape that was the forest. And I saw these pictures online and I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta see this. But for whatever reason, it was kind of the end of the season when I saw it and I wasn't able to get out there that year. And so I waited another year, I, I had to see this phenomenon. Well, in that time, I kept hiking, I was getting stronger, I was feeling better, I was starting to come back online. Mm -hmm. And a year later, 
I was kind of waiting with bated breath to see those first <laughs> pictures online of yeah. these avalanche lilies. <laughs> and when I saw them, I went. I'm climbing, I'm starting to see lilies, and I finally kind of turn a quarter and get to this meadow that was one of the most beautiful and otherworldly scenes I've ever witnessed in person. Carpets of avalanche lilies, oh, wow. um, just these white ethereal lilies, as far as the eye can see, black snags of a former forest and bluebird <laughs> skies. And in that moment, uh, I was summarily moved to tears. Yeah. Like the parallels between that forest and my own life uh, had become too much to bear. You know, while that forest is never going to look the same, it'll never be the same forest, with time, it will become a forest again, mm -hmm. and there will be beauty in the regrowth. And so that just, like, wiped me out in the best possible way. And I wound up writing an essay about it years later. And actually, uh, if you'll allow me, I'll, I'd like to read the final paragraph of that to kind of sum it up. Mm -hmm. That afternoon in June, Mother Nature put her hands firmly on my shoulders and told me everything would be okay. She said, I'd feel strong again, find love again, and eventually be myself once more. She reminded me to take care of my body and soul and to come see her often. I obliged, she kept her promise, and today I'm eternally grateful for death and rebirth on Vista Ridge. Beautiful. Oh, chokes me up, chokes me up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so that hike in particular, like mm -hmm. it took a whole year of yeah. just, just hiking, even though I knew I wasn't gonna feel good or great mm -hmm. or get that same thing, but it eventually did. And that yeah. one yeah. hike in particular really just nailed it down. So amazing. Yeah. But that's that's helped get me through the addiction. Yeah. And so how long ago was that? Oh gosh. So that was I, I believe um I've been clean and now again for going on ten years. Okay. Yeah. So amazing. I just gotta watch that next ten years. Like it seems right. like every every day. <laughs> I just need to be really diligent uh, uh, moving forward. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we're in a good place now. And through that time, like through the last ten years of staying clean, you've written a couple of books yeah. and kind of your career. Got it back online. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It really right. got back online. And then I suffered kind of another major setback. Yeah. So in two thousand twenty two, you lost your life partner, your pet and your off-grid home in a tragic house fire. Yeah. You mentioned in your email that you have been hiking almost every day since that happened. I would love to hear more about your journey of grief over the past year, and again, the importance of hiking yeah, absolutely. through that time. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, just, it's, just he it's heavy. Uh, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Um, I lost everything in that fire. We were living off the grid uh, in a home in Washington, nearish to Mount Rainier. Mm -hmm. uh, and Is this I was, a home that you built? No, we, okay. we, it was a pre-existing home and, and uh, there was uh, some sort of electrical failure. And anyway, uh, lost everything in that. I was away on work at mm -hmm. the time. I knew from previous history that hiking was going to be a critical component in my healing process. Yeah. And just like with my recovery from addiction, it was tough. But this time it was more difficult because hiking was something that Karen and I did together. She loved it as much as I did. That's actually how we met. I was leading a hike in the gorge to promote uh, a, a hiking guidebook and she had just moved uh, to the region. And so whenever I did encounter something wondrous in the outdoors, it stung because she wasn't around to share it. 
Uh, in fact, the more life-affirming or inspirational the scenery was, uh, the more I'd miss her. But I also knew from that last hardship that eventually things would improve. The more I was in the outdoors, the more I processed and pondered in nature, the sooner my outings would begin sliding a little bit further away from the bitter and hopefully more towards the sweet. Mm -hmm. And eventually it did. One hike in particular that I can, I can point to, and this was months after, you know, because I, I was out, outside every day, whether it was like a beach walk or in the woods or up into the wilderness, I, I was just gone where I could cry by myself or think by myself or do, do all these things I needed, felt compelled to do or write. I could even just go out into the woods mm -hmm. and write. And so I was doing a lot of coastal hikes because I, I eventually moved to the coast. Okay. Uh, I was living actually in a historic hotel in Wheeler oh. uh, for eight months, thanks wow. to a friend who owned it that yeah. I met, you know, doing all this writing. Um, wonderful woman that uh, let me live there for, for, for a while. And so I was on the coast, up and down the coast. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you've experienced this if you've, you've done like these, these coastal hikes where you could be going through like these little hobbit tunnels of like carved out of wax myrtle and, yeah. and you know, and then you turn a corner and you'll enter a grove of like shore pine or Sitka spruce that has been so battered by the elements that they almost look like trees doing a cauldron dance. Yeah. You know, they have these curves and waves to them. And Kara loved those. My, my partner's name was Kara. Uh, that was one of her favorite things. And whenever we would experience one of those parcels, she would gasp because it looked like they had frozen in time right, as we were frozen. passing through. Yeah, <laughs> just waiting for us to get to the other side before they continued. I was doing one of those hikes down in Florence in the dunes areas, and I turned a corner, and I, I saw, you know, one of these groves of shore pine, and I could hear her gasp. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, instead of it bringing back a sad memory or it being a cloud over the day, I had got like a wry smile and felt mm -hmm. like this warmth. And like this loving feeling that that was amazing and so you know it finally happened you know like i knew if i kept coming out there and i kept hiking despite the fact that it was painful right because that was the things that we loved doing the right. most that was part of a core of our relationship you know a lot of these things you you, you think am i processing grief in a healthy way or am i just picking at scabs by right? like going back to these yeah. things and and i especially with the outdoors, I knew that we'd get there. And so once again, you know, I knew that if I had patience and just kept coming out there, you know, sometimes you go into the, into the outdoors or you go into a hike and, you know, your mind is clear or you just, you, there's nothing to, to process. You're just letting nature happen to you. And then other times I go out there with a very specific um, memory or something I really need to process. And it's the perfect scenario for any of it. So this podcast is sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. I am a huge coffee snob and I've tried countless brands of instant coffees on the trail over the years. In 2019, I discovered CS Instant Coffee and my friends can attest that I have been absolutely obsessed ever since. I take the awesome compostable CS coffee packets with me whenever I go car camping and backpacking, and they even come with me when I go snowshoeing in the winter as a nice warm drink to enjoy at lunchtime. 
If you haven't tried this incredible coffee yet, let CS Instant Coffee fuel your next adventure. Walk, hike, run, or bike over to the nearest place you have internet and go to www.csinstant.coffee. That's www.csinstant.coffee. So yeah, I fell back on the outdoors again pretty hard and still to this day, as much as humanly possible, you know, I'm starting to, to travel again for work, mm-hmm. but even then I, I try and go outside and it doesn't even have to be like out in the wilderness, you know, it can yeah. be your local city park, right. or, you know, right. some things I want to touch on on that later, but yeah, that's. So well, most of this time hiking the last year was solo hiking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I've only really just recently gotten to the point where I can uh reliably be around people like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let alone uh in the outdoors. And that that's one of the things that has been uh part of this journey is you know, we moved off the grid uh for several reasons, mm-hmm. but one was solitude. We liked being alone together. Mm-hmm. If there's there's something that I really really clung to and needed, uh, especially immediately following the loss, was like solitude in the outdoors. Because yeah. I mean, I still cry regularly, uh, but like in the months following the loss, like I would just burst into tears right. throughout the day. Right. And I could be in a, in a barber know. chair, I, and I yeah. would like the song would come on and I'd start right. weeping. And so yeah, it was mostly mostly all by myself. Um, I really just needed to be by myself. Luckily, and I, I'm, I cannot say or communicate just how grateful and thankful I am for friends, family, mm-hmm. even strangers who reached out after ever, everything happened, that I'm, I can always reach out to someone or text or call or Zoom if I wanted yeah. to, but just being alone in nature was what I just needed. Truly yeah, yeah, for sure. How do you think your hiking journey has sort of changed from the beginning? So it, you said you moved when, so when did you move to the Pacific Northwest? Like almost 15 years ago. Okay. So yeah. that's really when you started hiking. Yep. That did it. You had all these things happen. Yeah. How has that sort of changed from the beginning? It has definitely morphed. And you know what? After listening to some of your, your previous episodes, mm-hmm. it's not dissimilar from some other people that you've had on. So like when I first discovered hiking in the outdoors of Oregon, it rescued me from like a life career that I hated, honestly, Mm -hmm. like nothing against it or office work for people. You know, I know a lot of people, right. It was not, and it was just dampening my soul and I didn't Mm -hmm. like it. And so I discovered the outdoors and, and was able to cobble together a living hiking and being outdoors, which is amazing. Uh, and there is that saying, do do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And to a large extent, I agree. But it <laughs> but. was still work. And I would I found myself overextending myself physically or mentally in order to pay the bills. And then after the loss, I kind of unintentionally stripped away all the metrics I used mm-hmm. to care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time it would take, distance, elevation gain, best time to go, even like photo compositions for mm-hmm. publication that I was doing this hike for. I would just go out into the woods now or onto a beach and just be there for as long as I needed to. I was still taking photos, but they were for me. 
there were things I was interested in or that made me smile. I do a lot of sand photography right now, like sat, pat, patterns in the sand. Um, and I wasn't measuring anything. I was walking, thinking, observing, crying, breathing, just being uh, in the outside. And whenever I felt like it was time to go back, I went back. And for the most part, unless I have other plans or somewhere else to be, that's still how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's been kind of the evolution. Yeah. I've heard people, even yourself, say similar yeah. things where like, now you get into like the moss or the lichen yeah. and you just notice the mushrooms or some of these other little things. and Stuff that I never, I would just bypass. Yeah. I was all like, got to get to right. the viewpoint. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Then you eat lunch and then you turn around and then it's over. Yeah. I it was, was so... not appreciating yeah, it was goal oriented to a certain degree, and not that not that that's bad at no. all. And and there's a time and a place for that. And you know, if I ever write another guidebook, that's that going to be a mode that I'll be, be in. Yeah, right. it's time right. to clock in. But right. but now, just everything has been stripped away, and I I have no idea how how far I hike now. Mm -hmm. I have no earthly idea, unless it's like a standardized hike where I know it's like a five mile out and back. Right. I just go out, and when I'm done or feel like I've gotten what I needed today, I come back. Yeah. Wow. And that's it's delightful. <laughs> I love it. So what are some lessons that you've learned through being in the outdoors? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> these are countless. So I've mentioned I've, I've been doing a lot of writing uh, in, in addition to like being in the outdoors. And so the way I, I wrote and what I write has changed. You know, I'll, I'll talk about my my Substack a little bit later. There's this platform Substack. It's like a newsletter, and and I was doing so much of this this writing about grieving in nature, and some of the things or the lessons I was gleaning from from this weren't necessarily like I wasn't finding answers in Mother Nature, but I was getting perspectives for days. Oh, wow. um, more than I could hope for. Like like what I learned on Vista Ridge, no matter how much time passes, a forest will never be the exact same forest it was, but there's a different kind of beauty in the regrowth and the forest will be alive and thrive mm -hmm. again, but it takes time and patience. Right. Uh, another example, it's not uncommon for winter storms to leave obstacles on trails. <laughs> uh, it's also not terribly out of the ordinary, and I'm sure you've experienced, to encounter massive uprooted trees where a trail once was. Yeah. And that forces hikers to create one or more user paths to get around the damage. Mm -hmm. And these paths can be circuitous and they are never pretty, but they get you to the other side. And sometimes it's easier to follow in the steps of others. Uh, occasionally you need to find your own way when there's a route that better suits you. Right. And while the section of trail might be difficult to navigate and it's not very pretty, it does get better on the other side. Yeah. And so I was just spending so much time outside and in the wilderness that all those perspectives just kept floating in and I was discovering these life lessons to me. I'm sure I am not the first person who, <laughs> you know, had these assessments of, of yeah. nature or fine truths uh, or, or, you know, those sorts of things in, in the outdoors. But, you know, I started writing those down and sharing them on Facebook and uh, some friends were like, some people could find this useful. Uh, mm -hmm. And some of the, the tools that I was using, very grief specific uh, right. for with nature. And so I was having such a hard time of writing for work, mm -hmm. you know? And like I said, sometimes you write things to pay the bills. And mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with like writing a story about the five best burgers in Cannon Beach, 
It's just not but, fulfilling. Right. I was <laughs> I would wake up in the morning and like pour my soul out about what I had experienced in nature the day before mm-hmm. or a memory I had had and how I processed it. But I still had to eat and pay the bills. Yeah. And so someone had told me about this Substack platform where what I'm doing now is I'm putting all of those grief essays out there for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and they exist in an archive and anyone today, tomorrow, or in perpetuity can go and read those and share those. And if they get any sort of benefit or, or inspiration or any help at all from them, that makes me uh, over, the, I'm over the moon about right. it. And right. so I put out every other week an, a new essay for people, anyone. So yeah. read for free. But what this platform allows me to do also is there is a paywall for my other content, like $5 a month. You get two additional stories mm-hmm. of like travel or just nature stuff that right. doesn't necessarily have to do with grieving addiction mm-hmm. uh, and recovery, uh, even dealing in a humorous way with my mother's cognitive decline. Mm-hmm. You know, we get, it's a very serious topic, but yeah. we, we handle it with a lot of humor. And so, that's been great because I feel like, you know, the thought of, of profiting or monetizing that loss just felt really greasy. Right, and, right. and especially if I could be helping other people with it. Uh, so that's the writing I'm doing now. And very cool. Yeah. And that's, I'm finding a lot of satisfaction and, and I'm not, you know, not going to get rich doing it, but <laughs> I feel great about being able to write how and why I want to write, yeah. but also try and cobble together a living still. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, the perspectives, the ladies. Perspective. That that was, yeah, yeah, the being out in nature, you know, like I said, I, I'm not finding the answers, but the perspectives I need yeah. reside in the great outdoors. Right, right. And it's so parallel to everyday life. Absolutely. Like what we experience out there and the lessons you learn out there. It translates hundred percent. Yeah. Even, even like there was agates in a window, Do you mm-hmm. know, those pretty little beach rocks, yeah. right? There's yeah. agates and jaspers. And I started, you know, that's one of the things I'm into now mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, if I can find simple pleasures reliably, I can reliably find pleasure simply when I need it. And yes. so, yes. Just to, and it's part of those auxiliary pleasures that we've discussed about hiking, like looking at the moss or the wildflowers or foraging. Uh, I like to do that as well. So I, you know, I moved, finally moved into like an actual apartment Mm -hmm. place in Tillamook out, well, kind of in the Tillamook area Mm -hmm. now, out by Cape Mears. And I got my own place and I'm decorating it and I have this collection of agates and I I put them on the windowsill in the Mm -hmm. bathroom because we'll just find a place as any to put them and and they look good there, you know? my old man stuff. I've got my pretty rocks. <laughs> and one day, like after a week or two living there, I, I walked into the restroom and there was like this sliver of sun mm-hmm. that was hitting the windowsill and just illuminating uh, those agates like, like Christmas lights. Yes. And I like gasped, clutched, clutched <laughs> my pearls. And, and, um, but even something like that led me to like, think about life. Like everything made me think about life these days, but like, you know, you never know, like you should really appreciate your moments in the sun yeah. because you never know how long it's going to be before another moment comes, how strong that light's going to be, how long it's going to last, mm-hmm. if it's ever going to come around again, 
or God forget, forbid you get taken off that windowsill before the, the light comes back. Mm -hmm. So just even things like that in nature, just like you said, those parallels, I'm drawing them constantly. Yeah. And so I know some of it sounds cheesy and, and you know, the, the agate man's going off on a tangent again, but, <laughs> but it's true. Those perspectives are there. So yes. what is currently one of your favorite things about being in the outdoors? That those auxiliary pleasures. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I used to not be a big beach guy, like despite the fact I, I grew up in, in Southern California, like when I would go hiking, it was mm -hmm. always into the mountains, into the yeah. wilderness, into the woods. And where I live on the coast now, I, I adore it because, you know, there's the coast range there. So there's mm -hmm. kind of some mountains and plenty of forest, lots of forest and yeah. lots of, you know, it's where the rivers meets the ocean mm -hmm. and where the, the, the sand is connected to the soil, mm -hmm. you know, by my favorite trees of flat leaves and, and fragrant needles. But I take these beach walks. It's literally right now the first thing I do every day is when I wake up and clear the cobwebs, I go take a beach walk. And I used to not be super thrilled with like mm -hmm. the thought of like, that's not just hike. walking that's on not, the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's different every day. Yeah. You know, just like the forest is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's different in, in the time of day you go, the season, the conditions, of course. Mm -hmm. But like that tide washes everything away and makes everything new twice mm -hmm. a day, yeah. no matter what. And I find these different patterns. Like I said, the sand photography is really doing it for me right now or finding agates yeah. or, you know, taking photos of sand dollars or, you know, getting tattoo inspirations by the feeder tubes on the back of a sand dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's going right here next week. That's but awesome. uh, yeah, like the, that, those sorts of things are, are what I'm really enjoying about yeah. the outdoors right now is those auxiliary pleasures, you know, in addition to the exercise, right? you know, Being and the fresh air, fresh because, air, yeah. you know, that that's incalculably uh, beneficial. As oh, yeah. we all know, as yeah. anyone listening to this podcast knows that yeah. just being outside and, you know, you don't even have to be out there with a goal in mind. Right. You know, you, it doesn't have to be about, and, and which is fine too. Like if you have an exercise goal or a getting in shape goal mm -hmm. or a clearing your mind goal, you can go out and be in nature and analyze it. And that's great. Or you can also just let nature analyze you. And that's yeah. fine too. Immediately after the fire, I moved in to my mom's one bedroom apartment in mm -hmm. Beaverton, like, cause I had to Oof. have a shelter over my head right. until I figured some things out. It was, it was a real good lesson for me because my mother was hobbled with a lot of like hip replacement and knee replacement mm -hmm. surgeries and her interactions with nature every day was her porch. Mm -hmm. Like she had flowers and a bird feeder and all these sorts yeah. of things. And I would watch her just intently, like even from the sofa benefit from nature wow. by just looking Lovely. at it. But then she'd go outside and sit with it yeah. and just be with these flowers. I would take the max there's a, a the Tualatin Hills nature park is this this uh, wonderful little urban park around yeah. the corner from our house I went there every day and it wasn't up in the mountains it right. wasn't at the coast but I got what I needed every mm -hmm. day from just being outside in this humble little neighborhood nature mm -hmm. park right and so that that's just been 
I don't know. I, is I that what inspired your Urban Hikes book? You know, that actually... Or was that a project before? That was a, a previously existing project oh, that I'd actually just kind of finished before the loss. Oh, before. Okay. But, yeah, but like I uh, I took some, some of my own lessons from yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> but even, um, I mean, just being outside, like I said, you can let nature examine you. You know, just mm -hmm. even to hear like a bird call, be it familiar or foreign, just kind of explore mm -hmm. the shape of your ear and then be lost to the wind again, yeah. you know, is is enough of a benefit to, right. to be outside. Right. So it, it, Or seeing flowers in people's yards. Absolutely. You know, that I've loved that. I've been taking a lot of urban walks. Good for you. Um, since I moved neighborhoods, I've been exploring my new neighborhood, As which is do. so fun. Good for you. <laughs> and I've really noticed all the flowers and you know yeah. this time of year right you know spring and early summer yeah. so beautiful even the neighborhood looks different you know oh, from day to day incredible. from time I of days and seasons and that that's another one just your neighborhood walk mm -hmm. like you do not have to get in a car and drive up into the mountains yeah. or travel you know you can get outside and walk around the block and yeah. and you'll and get, get your, your, your cup will get filled yeah, yeah. So what, <laughs> I'm like going off That's on a tangent, great. but I'm interested in the Urban Hikes Project yeah. book. Um, what brought that on? Because I know as, you know, we're very into like, like you said, going in the mountains right. and exploring the backcountry and the wilderness and all that. I would never think to write a book about <laughs> urban hikes. Right. So what inspired that project? Well, luckily I have help with those sorts of things. Okay. So, um, most of the hiking guide books I write have been for Falcon guides. Right. And so they have like these templates. They yeah. have existing yeah, ideas. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So what they'll do, um, or I've been lucky to have happen is they'll come to me with an idea and okay. see if I'm interested in it. Um, and yeah. And so I've turned, <laughs> I've turned a couple down, uh -huh. um, that didn't seem like a good fit to me or, or okay. I didn't have any sort of real interest or passion behind right. it. But the urban hikes thing really, really rung my bell because yeah. I also do a lot of travel writing. As a travel writer, a lot of the things I like to do is if I'm like in Bend or Spokane or Seattle or Cannon Beach or whatever on assignment, mm -hmm. I like to go for a hike in that immediate area, right. even if it's not out of town, yeah. and then go for happy hour after. Have there a couple of beers, go find some dinner. What's breakfast the next day? Yeah. What else can I do that's maybe not even hiking related right. while I'm in that town? Right. And so they allowed me to turn this book project into kind of a travel guide for hikers. Yeah. So okay. you're in this town. What are the hikes that are in town mm -hmm. and within a half hour around mm -hmm. it? But also, where am I going to get a beer after? And you know, <laughs> where are right. we going for breakfast? Right. Or there's a kite festival. I like kites. Let's that's let's cool. go to that. So they let me kind of morph it a little bit into like a travel guide for hikers. And so I, I jumped on board once yeah, they, yeah. they gave me that green light. Right. So. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Very cool. It. Very cool. What is a message you would like to share with the listeners? I've got a couple. I've got, <laughs> I've got a couple. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you, uh, you, uh, it's a very open. Yeah. Yeah. That's, thing. that's a good one. A message. That's right. So I've got, I've got a few and we may have, we may have, touched on these, but uh, let's revisit them if we have. Uh, the first one, and I wrote I wrote some of these down because I really wanted to get yeah. the wording uh, <laughs> correct on this. The dosage of healing or comfort you receive from the outdoors is not necessarily commensurate with the amount of effort you expend to attain it. 
And that kind of touches on a little bit of the conversation we're having with going to your neighborhood park or mm -hmm. just walking around the block, where I was under this preconceived notion or misconception uh, that the further I hiked, paddled, climbed, or sometimes drove was in my mind going to produce greater, more measurable or profound results. Right. And there is absolutely um, a correlation between like hiking a long distance to this majestic view and yeah. the, the, the sense of accomplishment you get mm -hmm. from a difficult hike or, or, you know, these grand expansive panoramic views right. certainly benefit, of course, that is of its own caliber. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I was, you know, sitting on my mom's sofa in Beaverton and watching the, the sort of pleasure that she got just laying on the sofa looking at those hummingbirds yeah. or that I got from going to the, the urban park around yeah. the corner. So it's not necessarily, you know, you don't have to get sweaty. It doesn't require you to, you know, go out there and be some sort of wilderness animal yeah. to, to get right to get that sort of benefit. And then the other thing was, um, oh yeah, and we did touch this on this, that you don't have to have a purpose or a goal yeah. uh, to go outside. You don't have to be in pain or suffering from significant trauma to be helped or receive comfort from nature. And like I said, you don't even have to think about it. Uh, the benefits of being outdoors improve our physical and mental health. It's been proven time and again, almost without regard to wherever or however you're getting it or engaging. Yeah. And so those are, if I could like send people away with, with two things, it would be those, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be far or a lot to get the benefits. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And whatever it is you're going to do outside, just be outside. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I got for oh you, lady. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are going to end with, um, talk of talking about some of your upcoming oh, yeah. speaking engagements. Thank you. Yeah. And so, then also the. Substack yeah, newsletter. Yeah. So give thank, us more details. Thank and you. of course your social media, like where to find you oh, yeah, and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did touch on the Substack. Um, if people wanted to find that, it's called uh, Collecting Sunsets. Okay. So and I'll you, link all I can link all, all right. this. Thank you. So yeah, if people go on to substack.com and search for collecting sunsets, they'll find me. Uh, there's an archive tab that you can go and and some of those stories or essays mm -hmm. say paid on it. They have a little lot, but all of the grief stuff and mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that we talked about today uh, is out there and it's free. Just click it and read or you can subscribe that you can be a free subscriber and that'll show up. You'll get a free uh, grief or nature essay every other week in mm -hmm. your inbox or if, if you um, like what I'm doing, you want to support what I do, or you want those some additional stories right. like travel and love and life and all these other things yeah. that are going on, $5 a month gets yeah. you two additional every other week kind of Amazing. stories. Um, and I've turned these essays and a lot of the writing that I've been doing into uh, a library presentation. It's called uh, Grieving and Healing in the Outdoors of Oregon. And I gave my first presentation uh, down in Coos Bay at their public library a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how it was going to go. Right. I got choked up once. Some other people got choked up. It's going to happen, you know, so be prepared for that. But it is, I read some essays. I give some background. It's also a photo mm -hmm. kind of presentation with a lot of the, the photography stuff that Beautiful. we both love. Yeah. Coming up next, June 29th at 7 p.m., I'll be at the Dallas Public Library, not the Dallas, but Dallas. Dallas uh, okay. <laughs> Saturday, July 8th, I'll be at Tillamook, my uh, backyard library now. Yeah. 
Saturday, July 22nd, I'm going to be in Lake Oswego. Saturday, September 9th at the Salem Public Library. And then Tuesday, the 26th at the Westland Public Library. But there'll be more coming online. Yeah. And, yeah. and if Very you want to cool. follow me, uh, adamsawyer.com is where I kind of keep those things and what I'm doing and, and post some of that stuff. And unfortunately, my Instagram was hacked again. No. Uh, so I am off Instagram. Ugh. But I do have, you know, I, I'm, I'm an older guy now. I still do the Facebooks. Uh, so my, my professional page is Adam Sawyer, Professional Gentleman of Leisure. You can find that. Uh, I try to post everything I do and, cool. and, and, and post stories there. But yeah, okay. that's how you find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. on this, this podcast. This has been great. Really appreciate you having me, and it was great to finally meet you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and happy trails.